Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Manuel, CEO of the Cultural Communications Agency, The Flash. Each week, I bring on a different business leader who's doing some game-changing work, and this episode is no different. I'm so excited to have Anisha Raghavan, who's a CMO Global Brands Americas of Walgreens Boots Alliance. Um, we're going to talk about how she got to where she is today, kind of the great work she's up to, a really incredible campaign that they're running that just launched this past week, and so much more. It's going to be a great conversation. Take a listen. Hey, Anisha. Hi. How are you, Laura? Oh, good. I was causing trouble as usual from my apartment in Manhattan. <laughs> Always. <laughs> um, so we're into a new year, and in uh, in January, and and the podcast doesn't change. Doesn't change. So the first question does not change. So Anisha, what was your first job? Yeah. Um, well, I started my career in the advertising industry at Gray Worldwide, um, and I went into college actually to be a finance major. That's all I knew business majors to be. Um, and I had my first internship at Citigroup in New York and was lucky to get to work at such an esteemed company. But I wasn't passionate about finance. And on the other hand, when I picked up my first marketing book in college, I was just hooked. I loved studying consumer behavior and analyzing advertising and reading about all the big agencies on Madison Avenue. So that's where I went as my first job. Wow. So you so you went the college and first job route, which is interesting. Okay, so what did you learn out of that first job where you're like, never doing that again, or I this is something that will take me with me wherever I go? <laughs> um, well, I learned both ends of those spectrums. So I think <laughs> on the on the never doing that again, you know, I was fortunate that I had a really great first boss and I think that's so important when you're early in your career to kind of boost your confidence. But later um, in those first couple of years of my career, I had a really terrible boss. And, you know, probably lots of people have experienced these kinds of bosses with someone who doesn't support you, yells and screams. Um, and I was like, okay, never doing that again. But I learned so much from it um, because I think when you have a bad boss, you learn your own boundaries, but you learn how to be a good leader or what you want to avoid. So I'm grateful for that experience, although it was tough at the time. And um, and then how, you know, kind of my path, like I think just listening to myself and my passions was always a theme for me. And because I loved reading about ad campaigns in college, that led me to gray advertising and, um, and with some hiccups along the way that I'm happy to talk about. But um, that's sort of been a theme in my entire career. Right? I've always sort of listened to my internal compass and what I was passionate about. And that's led me from one thing to another, which has worked for me. You know, that's, and it's so true. And, you know, funny, I also started my career at great advertising, <laughs> but I was, oh my gosh, too. no way. Yeah. Oh, I was G2. I too. <laughs> um, Small world. um I, the world is so tiny, um, um, like a million years ago. And, 10,000 different versions of Laura than the one you see today. Let's put that way. <laughs> Big difference. Um, but yeah, it is something about that. You know, having, you know, having those bosses who were like, oh my God, I'm almost near tears. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 oh, I am in tears. Check that. Never mind. Um, That's right. I'm uh, hiding uh, up my desk right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, definitely sort of instill in, you know, in me and I think probably similar in you like how not to be a boss and yeah. the things that when you 
think about when you're going to put yourself in those next positions, you're going to carry that memory with you so that you don't make those same mistakes. And I also think it makes you a better leader because like you had those scars. I oftentimes think that like, you know, part of the reason that, you know, I say that I'm an empathetic leader now is that I, you know, kind of got kicked in the teeth a little bit. Like, it, and I think you have to sort of learn the, all the bad things and know, okay, know that the world's, not everyone in the world's great. You're going to have to deal with some people are, who are just going to be difficult. And the skills you learn and how to navigate that will come in so much handy in the future. It's so true. It's true for, you know, learning to navigate that both in professional life and personal life, because you're always going to come across difficult people and it's a, it's a skill to build. It's so, it's so very true. So, okay. So after we stop crying in the bathroom, <laughs> how did we go from there to uh, where you are now at uh, Walgreens Food Lines? Like what's that journey been like? Yeah. So, uh, you know, after Gray Worldwide, I went off to business school, uh, went to Harvard Business School and went there with the intention of going client side uh, and going into brand management. And so while I earned a general management degree and learned all kinds of things across lots of um, aspects of business. I just always had that tucked away in my head when recruiting started. And <laughs> I specifically wanted to go into CPG brand management because number one, those were my clients on the advertising side. And I was just fascinated by the fact that advertising is just one aspect of marketing. And, you know, I was, I wanted to touch all aspects of running a business. Um, and number two, at the time you were really coached if you wanted to go into marketing, if you wanted to be a CMO one day, CPG was the end all be all. So I joined Unilever right after business school and loved my time at Unilever. I learned everything from running a P&L to building a long-term brand strategy and positioning to um, developing product and innovation to running a campaign. Um, and so all the things that CPG trains you so well in and you know, building a brand that stands the test of time, as we used to say then. Um, and I loved the time there, but after about six years, I started to itch for something smaller and I started to itch for even deeper digital marketing experience. I had been very fortunate to work at Unilever on some really digital forward brands like Dove and Axe and Simple. Um, but I had the opportunity to go to Strivectin, which is a prestige skincare backed, um, I mean, sorry, a prestige private equity backed skincare company and uh, build out their digital and social media teams from scratch. And that was really exciting to me uh, because again, listening to this internal compass and my passions, I was always passionate about digital marketing. And so I struggled with the decision because Unilever is such a big name. And, you know, at the time, like Strivectin wasn't, um, but I made the leap and I'm so glad that I did because it was sort of the genesis of me building this career that spans brand marketing and digital marketing. It spans big company and small company, um, you know, startups and DTC and all of those things. And so having that variety of experiences, um, and if you look at my career, I've gone back and forth across all of them. I went to PepsiCo for a bit. I went to a DTC beauty company called Rodana Fields. Um, that combination of experiences is what led me to my current role as Chief Marketing Officer of Global Brands Americas at Walgreens Boots Alliance, because they were looking for someone that had this mix of experiences. And I actually was, was at, I was planning to move my career further and further into consumer tech and a marketing role within a consumer tech brand. And the, the call came for this role. 
And I was like, wow, I get to do brand marketing and digital marketing and digital transformation all within one role, like sign me up. And so, you know, for those that aren't familiar, Walgreens Boots Alliance, you probably know Walgreens. It's one of the biggest retailers in the US. Boots is one of the most iconic retailers in the UK. And these two company companies merged uh, a little over five years ago. And within the company, there's this internal CPG business uh, with about 10 beauty brands. And they're um, within those brands, you know, they, they sell in mass retailers like Walmart and Target and all that, as well as Walgreens, of course. But they also, some of them have DTC businesses and then we're transforming ourselves digitally in a pretty huge way. And so I just get to stretch a lot of muscles in this role and live out all of my passions at once. And so it's been really great. Awesome. And it sounds like you've gotten to get kind of the best of both worlds. It's like big company, but then brands within it that uh, are smaller that you can really kind of dig your hands into it and, and really shape it in some really cool ways. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. So I hear that there was a brand new campaign that just got launched because I saw it on the internet <laughs> um, <laughs> called Unstoppable Together. So um, now very rarely do I go, oh, wait, I really like this. When I see uh, a, a social ad for a video and I, I, I saw it in the Instagram feed, you know, it kind of stopped me. I was like, oh, I want to learn more. So I'd love for you to talk about the Unstoppable Together program. Yeah, well, I appreciate the support. Um, so there is an alarming trend going on right now that's being coined the She Session. Um, that name came about by the Institute for Women's Policy Research. And she session refers to the disproportionate impact the pandemic recession is having on women's jobs and income. And so, um, you know, some of the stats around it, four times more women have lost or left their jobs since the pandemic started, um, four times more women than men. And in December alone, all the jobs that were lost in the U.S. were lost by women, while men gained jobs. So about 150 yeah, I saw that. People all of them. Oh my God. It's terrifying, right? If you think about it, like this could set back decades of progress in women's equality and women's job and income abilities. And so um, one of my brands, number seven, it's our, it's a, our biggest brand at Walgreens Boots Alliance. It's an owned brand. Um, it's a skincare and cosmetics brand. And so, you know, we've always provided products to help women look and feel good, but we've also always gone beyond that. Um, it's the number one brand in the UK and has, for its 85-year history, stood for supporting unstoppable women. And the brand is newer in the U.S., and so we just launched our first purpose-driven campaign in the U.S., which is called Unstoppable Together. And we specifically chose this moment uh, to launch our brand purpose in support of She Session because She Session is the biggest issue women are facing today, or one of the biggest. And so the goal of Unstoppable Together is to help raise awareness of this issue because a lot of people still don't know the magnitude of it, and then to provide the necessary necessary resources to help women get back to work. And so as part of this initiative, we launched a brand film um, just on Tuesday, and it really kind of story tells around the magnitude of She Session, and our hope is people will share that so people start to really realize this is going on, you know, and the, the gravity of it. And then we also are hosting the number seven Unstoppable Together Job Summit on February 24th. 
And our goal there is to, number one, help women gain back their confidence because, you know, I lost my first, actually, even before gray advertising, I, as a senior in college, had signed an offer for a role and that got rescinded in the 2001 recession. So I know what it feels like to be out there looking for work. Um, I have friends and family who are looking for work right now. It's just a really tough time and it can be disheartening um, and really exhausting. And so we want to help women bring their confidence back. But also with this job summit, we want to provide really practical resources. And so we're going to have amazing speakers there, everyone from Ariana Huffington, who's our headliner, to Minda Hartz, who's going to talk about securing your seat as a woman of color, um, to Maria Shriver and Tamron Hall, who are going to talk about ageism, and Eve Rodisky, who's going to talk about uh, how to balance work with parenting because you know one of the reasons the she session is happening is women are struggling with childcare um given a lot of daycares and schools have closed and so there's really something for everyone it's open to anyone it's completely free um you can sign up on our website at www.number7beauty.com slash unstoppable um and so that's you know these are all parts of the campaign and there's going to be ongoing coaching even after the summit but it's really number seven's mission to put, to help women get back to work and really try to turn the she session into a she recovery or a recovery, in other words. Yeah, and you know, thank you for all that you're doing. And I think it's so important. You know, this moment has just been so insane. I have so many friends who you know are parents right now and not sure if they're going to go back to the office because yeah. like. Who knows what's going to happen with school? But also, you know, it's it's sort of put a giant magnifying glass and I'm like, oh, gender roles are, are, are still need to be worked out because, mm-hmm. you know, for all the progress that we had made, it took, yes, a little pandemic, but to flip us back 25 years where it's like, well, okay, well, the guy can go back to the work and, yeah. you know, he can be on a Zoom calls. But you know what, mom, you can rejigger your entire day to actually be the, the um school teacher, housekeeper, and try and run your business. And it's, it's one, nauseating. And two, you know, if we, the more women we put back to work, the better off we're all going to be. And every statistic shows us that. And so the more that we can do to assist and provide, you know, services and mentorship and guidance, the better off us as a society will be. Um, Yeah, definitely. And listen, I mean, if, you know, there are women out there that want to stay home and that is perfectly fine. But there are also women out there who are feeling forced to stay home. And there is this sort of unspoken expectation that's still on women to carry the burden of care and um, be the kind of primary caregiver. And that's where we really want to help. You know, it's either help you have those conversations with spouses to be able to balance things together or give resources to kind of um, think about your career differently, you know, so that you can balance both. So there's lots of different ways at it. And, you know, there's no kind of cookie cutter answer for everybody, but you're absolutely right. I mean, those gender stereotypes still exist. It is holding women back and, um, and we, we need to fix that. And I think the, and I think the, the best way to fix it is to talk about it. Because I also yeah. feel like there's been a lot of this sort of unspoken rule. Because I'll give you the flip side. So a really good friend of mine was, you know, has the opposite, where she's the primary breadwinner in their household. She's been mm-hmm. working from home. Her husband has been, um, 
you know, watching the kids until he threw his back out. And so then all of a sudden she suddenly became, you know, two parents. So she's running this huge, huge advertising agency. And she's like, I have to try to figure out how to use the washer and dryer. I don't know how to use it. (laughs) And it was funny because I was like, wait, and I was like, wait a minute, you probably don't. Cause like, I've never seen you do anything domestic in my entire life. (laughs) And my dad says I'm allergic to housework. (laughs) I'm the kind of the same way. Um, I see nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. Like, he says it in a very lovely, supportive way. Yeah. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with it. At all. Um, but it was funny because, like, you know, obviously, like, you know, we had, like, we have a thing we're working on together, and it's like, I can't do this call. And I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. But I just remember thinking that, like, I, but I'm thinking, like, for me, I'm like, of course, whatever you need, like, I got, I got you, like, we'll reschedule, but, like, how many meetings is she losing? I, and how does she even know how to ask for support? Like, is it something whereby, like, you know, do we get a housekeeper? Because, like, this is just, you know, she's running a business. Like, that whole universe I, that we don't talk about. Like, this is other segment of women who, you know, are also in that bucket. So it is, it is a sort of really transformative moment for women in business, full stop. Yeah. Uh, and, and we can't leave anybody out on that because the same deal, like, you know, you're folks who are entrepreneurs like myself. It's like, I'm single. I don't have kids. Um, but like this, 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 this whole cheese session has been like, it rocked our business. Um, and so how do you sort of like, you know, but for brute force to rejigger it, that's me. But there are tons of women who can't do that and don't have those support systems. So giving women the tools to actually get there is, is imperatives um, for, our, for everyone's success. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think it's it's what you're saying. We have to at least first start talking about it and raise awareness of it and have the conversation. And, you know, everybody's solution to it is different. But there's still, every time I talk to someone since this campaign came out, Unstoppable Together, you know, I'm telling my friends, I'm, I'm in networking circles talking about this the she session issue. And people are like, wait, what? oh my gosh, I didn't even realize, you know, and that's the thing is for the last however many months since the pandemic started, this phenomenon has been going on where either because women are more represented in uh, industries that have been hit hard by the pandemic, like the the service sector, hospitality, et cetera, or because of these gender stereotypes, whether they're expected to be the caregiver at home or, you know, they make less than their spouse, so they're the obvious choice to stay home. There's a lot of different reasons, but because of that, you know, millions of women, something like 12 million women have lost their jobs or left their jobs since the pandemic started and significantly more than men. And so it's just, it's exactly what you're saying. We need to start talking about it. We need to raise awareness. That's why I'm really hopeful that our brand phone gets out there to raise that awareness and people start to realize this is happening. Um, and, you know, it's starting to be in the national news as well, which is great. And then I'm really hopeful that this inspires people to join the Unstoppable Together movement and come to the summit or tell their friends about the summit um, and for other people and other brands to start getting involved and helping with their own solutions as well to give to give women the resources to get back to work. Yeah, I mean, like, we our economy depends on women. <laughs> I think yeah. sometimes folks forget about this. Who are making those decisions to buy those things for your home? But also the flip side, who are buying things on e-com- e-commerce focused, whether it's clothing, 
accessories, what have you. The majority of those are women. They've got a job. How are they going to buy your widget? So it's like, <laughs> like it's kind of what we were saying before we get on. Like we both like nice things, but like if I don't feel like I can spend the money, like I'm not spending the money. Uh, and so, you know, it is an imperative, look at it from a financial imperative for brands to be like, how can we be helpful? How can we assist? But also, and I think what I liked about what you guys were doing is that it's not pandering. Cause I think that I, very often assistance quickly delves into pandering and mm-hmm. we're like, no, it's like, here's how we can be helpful. And, and we want to actually do things that make common good business sense as well. And that's always been a tricky balance when I've seen a lot of these campaigns previously. And you guys are, are definitely threading the wheel on it. No, thank you. That means a lot because that was definitely our intention. So, you know, it, it, the pandemic has been crazy bananas for everybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, how has it been for you? Because obviously, you know, you're relatively new at, within Walgreens Boots. Like, how did you navigate this crazy year? Yeah, it's been crazy. You know, I mean, it's, there's so much um, sadness around us. I just had a a really good friend lose her father last weekend. You know, there's, there's all kinds of sadness around us. Um, at the same time, one thing I appreciate is because we're working remotely, I've gotten to spend a lot more time with my family. I think a lot of people are saying they really appreciate that right now. So it's been a bit of a mixed experience um, in terms of high stress levels and constant pivoting at work or supporting friends or family um, who are going through really tough times, but at the same time relishing the extra time to, you know, I miss the socializing, but it has given me the time to do other things. I spent the summer on a boat every weekend whale watching. Whale watching is one of my biggest hobbies. And I was wow, awesome. volunteering as a research intern, a marine, a marine biology research intern in Monterey, just two hours from where I live in San Francisco. So it's been awesome. a mixed experience. Yeah. But, um, you know, self-care is super important right now. So I, I definitely make sure that I get my self-care in. Oh, wow. Whale watching. Now that is a first. What got you into whale watching? You know, my family and I have been trying to figure this out forever. <laughs> we think that when I was about three years old, my parents gave me a book that had the, this beautiful imagery of whales. And I think I was just fascinated because they're so big. And it, it grew from there. I don't really know. But really, since I was a really little kid, I have been obsessed with whales and would make my family go on whale watching trips wherever we went that actually had any whales nearby and all that kind of stuff. And um, and so growing up, you know, I never lived anywhere near whale watching. Um, and so I would only go on vacations every few years and things like that. And it's been so wonderful living in California for the last few years where, you know, in my backyard basically is humpback whales during the summer and gray whales during the winter and orcas a couple times a year and fin whales and all these different things. And so I'm just so fascinated by them, also intellectually stimulated by studying them and and so, yeah, it was a really great opportunity. I, when the pandemic started and there was less to do on weekends, I reached out to the Monterey Bay Whale Watching Company and said, hey, do you think I could intern? And they were like, well, do you have a science background? Do you have a biology background? I'm like, nope. And, but I'm really, really passionate. So I'm happy to do whatever work you need. And they let me in. And I, w- I was on the boat with them um, tracking whale behavior and you know, recording things like Buford codes and all kinds of things that I learned for the first time. Um, but 
most importantly for me, I got to watch whales like do amazing things all day long. And they're just such fascinating creatures and so beautiful and graceful. So I loved that experience. Wow. That's wow. Remarkably fascinating. I mean, I've always been fascinated by whales, but like I've never got, got, kind of felt the need to go on a boat and like <laughs> and, and 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 do like real whale watching. But like now, you the way you're describing it, like I'm a very visual person. I'm like this would be kind of cool to do. Uh, well, I, mean, granted, I live in life. <laughs> you gotta come, come visit me, and I'll take you. Are you kidding? Like, um, how about yeah. this? Um, I halfway come to San Francisco, do some whale watching, and then can we go to a vineyard afterwards? Yes, <laughs> that was also in my backyard. <laughs> I had a feeling. That's why I was like, it's a twofer. Okay. Well, <laughs> it is a plan. I'll put it in the calendar. Um, but, you know, that's it's interesting because it's like, you know, kind of prioritizing you is, is, is so key, especially at, at this really unique moment for everyone in business. Um, so I'd love for you to talk about a time when you were going through a challenge and you had didn't think you'd get, get through it. But then you did. Uh, personally or professionally? I don't know. Whichever you want. Well, so I mean, I've made, I faced a number of challenges in in uh, my time, but I'll talk about a professional one that came really young in my professional career, which was what I referenced before. Um, I was a senior in college, and you know, even though I loved the marketing and all that sort of thing, my my college. The recruiting was very finance and consulting dominated and marketing jobs hired on an as-need basis. And so I would have had to wait till graduation. And I felt the pressure to sign an offer by December of my senior year, like everybody else was. And I signed with something that was kind of marketing, but kind of not. It was um, an analyst within a retail company. And I graduated in 2001 and we were in recession and they rescinded the offer before any of us even started, the entire entering class from across the country. And so this was, you know, if you imagine like you're 21 years old, straight out of college and you have just lost your first job. Like it was uh, very disheartening. And I'm like, what am I going to do now? And all my friends were moving to New York um, and starting their jobs. And so luckily I have an amazing support system. My parents are terrific. My, you know, college counselors in college and my professors and everything were ter terrific. My friends. And so they really encouraged me and I started networking um, with my alumni database from college. Uh, and I just pulled out all the marketing contacts I could find in there and reached out to say, hey, this is what just happened to me. Would you talk to me? And people were so helpful. They were so willing to talk. And so I started networking and asking questions and trying to figure out how do I get to what I really wanted and was really passionate about, which was an advertising job in New York City. And each person I talked to, I asked them, you know, do you know somebody else I could talk to? And slowly through that question, people connected me to more people. And eventually I got to contacts that were at, at agencies in New York. And then 9-11 happened. And so I had built all this traction throughout the summer. And then this massive tra tragedy happened. And my parents were like, no way are you moving to New York, which had been my plan because the next step was interviewing. And, you know, I had to sort of, put on my fierce determination kind of personality and say, nope, I'm still moving to New York. I want to do this. And so just two weeks after the tragedy, I moved to New York. And um, within a month of that, I started my first job, which was at Gray Advertising. And so just, you know, the challenge of being young and having something like that happen, 
having to build back your confidence, the challenge of learning how to network, the challenge of going through the extreme sadness of a tragedy like 9-11, but still pick yourself back up and get out there and pound the pavement um, to get that first job and all of those things. And I couldn't, I couldn't have done it without the support of, you know, my loved ones around me. Um, but it was, it was probably the best thing for me to have gotten that experience so young, because I think I, you know, I learned to be a bit of a hustler and to um, pound the pavement when I want something and to kind of keep going when you're faced with adversity. So it was a good experience. I knew we were about the same age. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm trying to do the math. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. So you were you were a year ahead of me. Um, yeah. So, um, but you know, New York at that time was, you know, it's a testament to the people like you who are like, you know what? I'm not giving up on this city. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna come because I. Yeah. This is this is where I, no, this is where dreams are made of. Um, and I think you know, at this moment, similarly, we're having that same moment again, where, you know, lots of folks are like, well, New York is like dead, it's a ghost town. And I'm like, y'all don't know. (laughs) New Yorkers Um, are resilient, you know, they really are. There's a spirit there that will never die. And actually, when you said where dreams are made of, reminds me of the Alicia Keys song, which I love, but. It literally uh, came in my head as you were talking, that's why. Should we sing it? <laughs> uh, no, I won't sing. <laughs> I can't carry a tune across the street, so no. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it is there. You know, I, I, I'm always fascinated by folks who just have the resilience to, to be like, you know what? I am going to figure this out. Um, and those are my favorite people in, in business because, look, the path is not going to be straight, you know, you know, the uh, um the grass isn't greener, it's just grass. Yeah. And like, you just have to kind of keep going no matter what. And you figure out along the way. I mean, like, yeah, in 2001, I, 20, in 2002, when I graduated, it was the same thing. Cause like, it's like, oh, uh, can I get a job? <laughs> yeah. My uh, class all lost our jobs. Your class didn't get them to begin with, right? Yeah, we, we didn't even, we, there was nothing to be offered for us. It was just like, ah, yeah. right. <laughs> um, and I was at NYU, but like my thing was I was on my way to go to law school and then I didn't get in to law schools I wanted to go into. And so I was like, oh boy. But I did the exact same thing you did. I, ca- I called everybody, every boss I had had at an intern for over those four years, sent them an email saying, hey, do you a job? friend mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and found the one who like took me in to do a job at this consulting firm that was in like the fashion licensing business and then there for a couple of years got my MBA at night and then my first agency job was gray G2. So yeah. yeah. But you figure it out. Like and I, I I'm and I'm so glad that you're you're saying that because I think you know sometimes you know folks will look at your LinkedIn and see like oh you went to business school and like you're at these brands that like, oh, you just did the same path that everybody else does. And so I, it's refreshing and lovely to hear that like, you're like, no, I had to figure this out. Like this was no, yeah. this was, there wasn't a straight line that I had to go through because I think there's always this sort of pressure for a lot of folks. Like, should I do this one path? Because that's the life I have to lead and it's, that'll get me a certain salary and get me a level of comfort and yada, yada, yada. Um, versus like, this is what it is, but it can always be wind and twist and bob and weave 
but also the journey can be exciting and cool as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, it's so true. It's never an easy path for anybody. As easy as someone makes it look, it's not easy. And it's usually not linear either. But that's why, you know, I always go back to my internal compass, because if I'm always following my passion and what my gut is telling me is exciting to me, I'm going to enjoy that role, you know, and, um, and you don't always know where it will land you. I didn't know that I would build the kind of career that I was going to build. Um, I just knew what sounded exciting to me and I went for it. And so I think, uh, you know, if you, if you do that, you can often land where you ultimately want to be. And I'm still not there, you know, there's more for me to do, but I, uh, I've been enjoying the ride so far. Yeah, it's, and that's, and that's, the, that's the part about it. It's like, would I trade it? No. <laughs> yeah. It's like, because you don't know what it would have taken you otherwise. So like, and if you're on that path right now and you're feeling good, you, you then you, you just have to kind of keep, keep it going. Um, and thinking about keeping it going, and we kind of talked about this a little bit before, you know, self-care is of massive importance, especially as we are in unprecedented times. <laughs> I hate that yeah. phrase, but everyone wants to use it. So outside of the whale watching, which I think is fantastic, what else have you been doing for your self-care? So many things. I mean, family time for sure. I used to get massages all the time before the pandemic. Now everything's closed. Oh, I, I miss massages. Oh. I, I really miss massages. But actually just today with my team, we did face yoga. We had an outside person come in and I didn't really know what to expect, but it was amazing. It was kind like of face yoga, face yoga. Yeah. Like you what is that? did all these stretches on our face and then we stretched our necks and our arms. And I mean, it kind of felt like a massage and I felt relaxed. I actually wanted to take a nap afterwards. I'm like, I gotta go to my next meeting. But, um, you know, we're, I think it, at work, we really are trying to, it's just, it's so busy all the time, but we're trying to have that kind of moment as a team, at least once a month. Last month we did Secret Santa together in December. <laughs> um, and for me personally, you know, since I can't get my massages, I go on walks along the water. This great thing about living in San Francisco is it's beautiful weather most days. Um, I also am in the beauty industry, so I'm a skincare junkie. And Obviously. right now skincare, <laughs> yeah. Skincare is my self-care, and I'm lucky that I have a portfolio of beauty brands like Number 7 and Soap and & Glory and Botanics. And so recently I've been, yeah, I was always using the Number 7 Lift & Luminate line for my moisturizer and serum, but lately I've become, become obsessed with our line correcting booster serum. And especially now with the space yoga, I want to try it. It kind of plumps out your lines, and um, I want to massage my face and then try that. And I at night, I slather my body in Soap and Glory's Righteous Body Butter and um, get into my electric heated, heated blanket. I make sure I get my eight hours of sleep. And, um, you know, so it's, it's things like that. It's, it's maybe different every day, or maybe I don't get to do self-care every single day, but everything from taking care of my body, a workout, or lotion, or skincare, to taking a walk. Um, I've learned to meditate, which before I can move to San Francisco, I never had really done, but everyone's so into it here. And so <laughs> right. I started doing that. It's so hot bit. right now. <laughs> yeah. Right? So um, lots, lots of things, but the important thing is to find the time for it, you know, and I'm someone who I have to literally peel myself away to make myself do those things, but it's so important, especially right now. Yeah. 
put it in the calendar. I found that's been the thing that's been helpful for me. It's like, it is in the calendar. So basically my Fridays are like my self-care day. So like I try and get that work done at like 12. <laughs> and then yeah. it's like, I, I, I'm going to find something else to do. I'm going to go for a walk or like, you know, but you got to put the time in the calendar for it because otherwise it will just go by the wayside. You look up, it's five o'clock. I haven't left my desk. Oh my God. Yeah. Or even eat lunch some days. You know, there's days where I'm, I'm so back to back all day long. Like, I'm like, oh, I didn't eat today. Most important question, did you eat today? <laughs> I had cottage cheese. That's pretty much the only thing I've had since morning. But um, it is I after have... one. Yeah, I know. <sighs> I gotta eat. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I will. Luckily, I'm not hungry. Okay, all right. We need you live. Uh, we just want some campaign. Normally, normally I do find time okay. somewhere. But... All right. Well, well, you were forgiven because you did have a global campaign launch on two days ago. <laughs> so you were forgiven. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. So, what you have an electric blanket? Is that different than a weighted blanket? It is different. I'm, right now I want to check and see if they have a weighted electric blanket, but I, you know, I can't stand being hot when I go outside. Like I can't stand being in 90 degree weather, but for some reason I love heat on my body. I love hot tubs and things like that. So for Christmas, my parents gave me what I've been wanting for a long time, which was an electric heating blanket. And you plug it in and I put it at the highest temperature and I get to bed and <laughs> It is so cozy. I love it. And I like fall asleep right away. So you literally have your a sauna in your bed. You sleep yeah. in a sauna. <laughs> like, like, I see nothing wrong with this. I, I see zero wrong with this. Like, it's um, pretty amazing. I'm not going to tell you oh try it. <laughs> no, I, again, I, I love a sauna. Again, why I miss the spa. Yeah. Oh, so much. I mean, there's a really great spa here in New York. Um, called uh, air h and bass uh, yep. and they have you oh yeah so you know it's not that far from where i live and so like I, I used to go like at least once a quarter and like just sit there and i was just like i'll be here like next hour because <laughs> yeah. you sweat everything out and you just come out and you're also your skin feels amazing <laughs> right i know it's such a treat, um, but I have a I have a spa hookup for you, which I'll tell you about after when we uh, um, when we get off the, when, when we're no longer recording. Because oh. not sharing that publicly yet. Forward, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I, I have a I, I have a hookup for you. Um, and last question: uh, Do you have a give and or an ask of the audience? A give or an ask? Well, <laughs> top of mind for me right now is help spread the word about the she session and, um, and, you know, getting people back to work. But I think if I think outside of that, um, you know, my give to the audience is just to remember the power of women helping women. And it's so top of mind for me right now because of this campaign, but also this podcast and us talking as two women who support other women and who have gotten supported by other women. And so, my give is if you are someone who doesn't have a mentor, come find me. Come find me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to chat with you if you have you know, anything you need or advice that you're looking for. Um, and find other women to help and support yourself and to ask for help because I think the this is a moment, you know, Me Too happened a few years ago. Now we're talking about She Session. 
um, all the DEI work that's going on. And it's just such an important moment for women, for women of color, to band together and rally together and help each other. And we will not let our decades of progress on gender equality be erased by the She Session. Um, and there's just so many networks of powerful women out there that even as I'm doing this campaign, I'm being introduced to and I'm so inspired. And so um, that's my give is just, you know, reach out and ask for help. And there are people out there willing to help myself included. I'm sure you too, Laura. And the networks are out there to provide the support, um, especially in these really tough times. So that's what I would say. So awesome and so remarkably gracious of you. That's so lovely. Nika, we'll put all the details in the show notes for folks to find you. Um, it has been such a delight chatting with you. Like I, I knew we we hit it off, but this is wonderful. <laughs> um, and I, apparently, I have, we so we're going whale watching and going to the vineyard when I come to San Francisco. And when you come into York, I'm taking you to my secret spa. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It was such a pleasure. I had so much fun chatting with you, Laura. Thank you for having awesome. me. And so, don't forget the campaign is called Unstoppable Together. All the details will be in the show notes. Um, and that is our show.